Hi, it's Jim Gilvin, Mayor of Alpharetta, and for more than 20 years, Cadillac Jack has helped us get through our days with smiles, music, and a heart as big as Clint Black's hat. So thanks for joining us, and congratulations on the new podcast, Caddy. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years until July 22nd, 2019, I was fired. Welcome to my second act. And my name is Donna and I'm Caddy's wife and I'm thrilled to be part of your second act. It's nice to see you. You do. We drive separate cars. We always drive separate cars. Why? Well, because it's kind of like Letterman. Letterman never sees his guests when he was a host and on television. He never saw his guests beforehand. Because he wanted it to be real. He didn't want everything that he was going to ask on the show to be asked in a dressing room or in a green room or something like that. And we spent a lot of time together. We have spent a lot of time together since July and you're a horrible driver. We'll get to that later on another episode. So last we were together was July of 2019. And it's been six months and I have missed you. I have missed your voice. I have missed the interactions that we have had for 20 Six years, the second act of my career, the second act of my life is this podcast. The second act is always more exciting. The second act is a new chapter. And this is Cadillac Jack, my second act. So we're going to talk to some people who you've probably not talked to in a while. Listeners who've had tons of questions and want to know what you've been up to, what you've been doing, what we've been doing, what happened. It's going to be very interactive. This whole journey It's going to be very interactive. You can call a voicemail message. You can text a specific number, reach out to us on social media. It's all about the interaction with my second act. And I know that there are a lot of questions about a lot of things that have happened, not only in the past five, six months, but maybe throughout the the entire career, questions about radio that you've always wanted to, to have an answer to or something that's always piqued your interest. So we're going to start my second act with a few of your questions. Hey, it's Tyler. I was curious what happened why you, uh, why, why they fired you. So, uh, let us know. Um, I'm listening to 1015 since you left. Thanks. Bye. Let's get right to it. You know what? It was something I had no idea was coming. Radio can be a very, very fickle business. And I, I must say this, that for 26 years, I was able to raise three kids. We were able to raise three kids in the city. You are from... Campbell High School graduate, Georgia Bulldog, graduated from the University of Georgia. So our roots are very deep here. And I always said, if we have to move, if something should happen, if this should come to an end and we have to move, who am I to balk at that? Because he, capital H, has allowed us to be in the city for 26 years uh, at a radio station that's in a top 10 market. And um, not many people in this industry and radio are able to stay in a major market like Atlanta for 26 years. If they even make it to a major market, most people move 10 to a dozen times. If, if you have chosen radio as your career and I, in, in, in our family, we never had to do that. And so it, it was important that we look at everything. We looked at opportunities outside of Atlanta. We looked at opportunities inside Atlanta. I did test shows for certain radio stations uh, here in Atlanta, but it all came to a halt back in July. And it was, um, it was a very emotional time. I had no idea that it was coming. It was definitely a, it was a surprise. People have asked me that they said, did you know, were you aware? And we were not, we, we were, we were blindsided. We were, we were very surprised. Now that said, when you've been somewhere for 26 years, Along the way, you think, and, and a little peek behind the radio, you know, and, and into inside radio is you receive contracts. And so m- most of your contracts were four years at a time. And so we kind of lived on a four-year continuum. Which was nice because not many get contracts at all anymore, much less a four-year long-term contract. Absolutely. So the one thing we always knew when you got a new contract is where we would be for the next four years. And there were probably times during those years where you may have not even felt like resigning a contract for whatever reason, because you were tired of getting up at 345 in the morning, you were, you know, thinking about going in a different direction. But because we were raising three kids, and they were great contracts, 
and they were generous and you loved the audience and what you were doing for the most part, we, you would resign and we would keep going. So you had two years left on your contract. And I will say we were probably looking ahead to those two years to maybe doing something different or maybe something different would come along. But the way it happened and when it happened was a complete and total surprise, shock. And it was for you. It was for me. It was for our kids. Um, and I think we've talked about, both of us have talked about, I'm incredibly proud because both of us worked at Kicks. I worked there for 15 years. That's where we met. And I think for us, I know I'm very proud, and I know you are too, of the work that we did at Kicks. And I know for you, you were glad that when you left the station, that Kicks left with you. But as far as actually what happened, they went in a different direction. And that's clear, clearly what they did, because there is no more Kicks. They've brought in a new morning show. Mm-hmm. Um, they are now totally rebranded. Right. Totally at, different call letters. At the 101. The call letters are the same, the WKHX. Right. But the, the frequency remains the same. And they're right. still a country radio station. But I this, I believe, probably had been kicked around. And my name was so associated with the Kicks brand. You, you were the Kicks brand. That it would have been tough to make a change, me be a part of it with a new brand that wasn't Kicks. It could become confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know ultimately why it was done. I would imagine it's because of the changes that they made. And I wish them all the luck in the world with it. I truly do. You know, again, I was, I was part of that brand, as were you, Donna, for 26 yeah. years. Combined closer to 40 years, the two of us with the Kicks brand. It meant a lot to both of us. Yes. Um, so it was, you know, anytime, it's also the first time I'd ever been unemployed in my entire life. My entire career has been spent with you here in Atlanta. So unemployment was entirely new to me. And if you've been through that, or you know, someone who has been through that, you know how it can mess with your mind, how it can mess with your brain, because suddenly you're not doing it. You're not getting up. You're not going to work. And you're a worker bee. I, I don't like to sit. And and part of the agreement in my contract was a non-compete cause right. clause. And so there was a very long period after I got fired that I couldn't do anything. Right. My hands were tied. I had to sit on the couch every day and watch Wendy Williams. Well, you didn't have to, but yes, that's what you did. That's what you chose to do. That's how you chose to spend your time. But I do think that for you, you were always the one who, when it was time to go back to work after Christmas holiday, you you were ready. You were ready to go back to work. Um, and I think it took you a while just to even learn how to sleep in past four in the morning because you, for 15 years- Your brain is so conditioned. Yes. I mean, you'd been getting up, you know, at-, at the crack of dawn and going. And and I think, you know, we'll talk, we're going to talk in other episodes about unemployment and, and how that can kind of affect you and affect your family. But for someone who was so identified with their job too, and that's the thing I don't think people understand is that when kicks let you go, it's very public. They fired me. Well, they fired. Yeah, I know. And we've talked about that. Like there, it's so funny because people to put, to put a spin on it nicely, they'll say, Oh, were you so you were let go and it's like no I was fired well I'll say this too that that when it hit in in late July of last year that it had happened the the press release that had been crafted by the station well from Cumulus Media right which was the owner of the station um was Cadillac Jack exits the word exit you can read a lot into exit means did he leave on his own exit means they fired you. They yeah. let you go. There's a lot of different ways you can interpret the word exit. And, and they I, did I, yeah. that. That I on do purpose. believe that was done on by design. Yes, it was ambiguous on purpose. But I think, you know, again, to get back to the root of the question, we could talk about it forever, is that they went in a different direction. You were not part of the new branding. You were so synonymous with kicks that I think they felt like they had to kind of just cut that off and move on with, you know, completely new branding, new, new morning show, um, to, to kind of move on for that. But I think one of the most difficult things for listeners and even for you, probably to a certain extent is that there's no goodbye and that's just radio. 
you know, radio does a weird thing. Like usually if you've been with a company for 26 years, they might hold you a retirement party. They might have a little something in the break room. You know, they might say goodbye to you. For you, you just sort of disappeared. And for all the people who listened to you, it was shocking as well because you're really not allowed ever as a radio personality to go back onto the airwaves and say, this is my final show. I really enjoyed spending time with you. You know, this is kind of where I'm going or what happened. You're never given that opportunity. And I think it's it's very hard for listeners because the next day, the person that they've been getting up with and, you know, listening to on their ride to work is just gone. And there's no explanation. And as you said, for three months, you really couldn't talk a whole lot about it or say anything that was going on. Or work. Or work. In any capacity. So it was... Um, well, you could have gotten a job at Home Depot or something. Okay. Donna. <laughs> so soon. I mean, McDonald's. So soon. Somewhere. Anyway. Really? Okay. But not in radio. Uh-huh. Yes, but not in radio. Well, it goes deeper than that. You couldn't do... Voiceover work. None of nothing. that. Nothing. Your no, voice... You had, yes, you had to disappear from, from the industry entirely, from every different yeah. portion of the industry. Yeah. You had to go into witness protection. You, you literally did. And I sat on the couch every day. Let me tell you something. I'm not a good sitter. And it was... Um, you know, Donna, you got a new job three weeks before I was fired and it had been in the works long before yep. I got fired and you worked from home. Your new job was going to have you working at home. And that sounded great to me until I got fired and realized I'm going to be at home too. So for the past five months, we have spent a uh, lot of time. A huh? lot of time. Okay. We spent a lot of time <laughs> together. But I said to somebody the other day that it would have been really tough for someone like myself to sit in, in in a house all day with the kids at school and you gone to work and to sit in, in, in a big house with no one there all day for months at a time, that would, you know, for someone who does have depression, that would be, and is medicated for depression. And I've made no, you know, I mean, that's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that at all, but it could have really spiraled into something else something greater, but you were there every day. And so we were able to prop one another up. You had bad days too. Oh, sure. This affected the entire family. Oh, absolutely. So when you had bad days, I was there and was able to prop you up. And if I was having a bad day, you were there to prop me up as well. And we were able to have lunch two times a week. And and you had some uh, couple of places that you would go to, to work outside of the home just to get some stuff done. The coffee yep. lodge up on 141. Yes. At the church. That's my secret place. My places secret like that anymore. Places like that. But it was, um, it affected the entire family, but we also grew stronger. Not only because we were together 24-7 for five months and continue to be, but we were, we grew much stronger because we went through this together every, well, every step of the way. And we had to rely on each every other. Every minute of the day. Every minute. I would tell people, listen, if you need a, a ride to Hartsfield, call me and I'll tell you, if you need help moving, that's bad. L- huh? That was bad. I used you to say, really wanted to get out of the house. I used to say, listen, I'll send you a car. <laughs> you know, I can't take you to the to, to Hartsfield. I'll send you a car. You have a good flight. I was like, listen, I will drive you down. I will meet you at the kiss and ride. Wait or, on you. you know, Wait on always, you to get through baggage. Cream. People always want a truck when they want to move. You know, can, you have can, one. Can I borrow your truck? I need not only can you borrow my truck, but I'm going to help you move just so I'm able to get out of the house for a little bit. Thank you for uh, your continued support. Thank you for joining us here on my second act. Thank you for, for the call. Get up to 18% more money while selling your home. Use Tracy Cousineau, real estate expert advisors. Tracy has a proven successful track record of maximizing her clients, real estate needs since 1999, all different sectors of real estate, luxury homes, resales, new construction, foreclosures, short sales, land, and commercial. 18% 18% more money while selling your home. Here's what Tracy Cousineau and uh, the real estate expert advisors do. They are able to move homes that have already been listed with other real estate agents. Real estate expert advisors are certified home selling and buying advisors, certified negotiators, and certified luxury marketing experts. Tracy Cousineau has a proven, repeatable system backed by market research to get you up to 18% more equity than the traditional agent. Tracy Kusner, real estate expert advisors, highly recommended by Shark Tank and real estate mogul Barbara Corcoran and Gary LaVox of Rascal Flats 2 along with me. Hi, I'm Cadillac Jack. That's TracyKusner.com, cousin with an E-A-U, because you know she's going to sell your home. TracyKusner.com, cousin with an E-A-U. Hi, Caddy. This is Pam in Tupelo, Mississippi. And here's my question. You can have a New Year's party anywhere in the world that you want. 
and you can invite six guests, non-relatives, not your friends, don't have to be artists, don't even have to be alive. Uh, who are you inviting? Where will it be? And why? Great to talk to you. I'm so glad you're back. And we'll talk soon. Bye. Thank you, Pam. That's a good one. Thank you, Pam. Great question. The The original plan was to be in Hawaii right now. Oh, for, for New for, Year's. For, for the holidays and for New Year's. And we're here in Alpharetta. Which is great. It, of course it is. But Pam I, wants to know if you could go anywhere. But it would be Hawaii. Okay. It would be, that's my point. It would be Hawaii. We would okay. continue what was planned, like we will next year, to, to ring in 2021. So, Pam, I would, uh, Pam, you'd be a part of it. I know Pam, although she's from Tupelo, Mississippi, I met Pam. This is going to be good. <laughs> was years ago at Kicks Country Fair. She mm-hmm. was a, and remains a huge fan of country artist Trent Harmon. Oh, wow. And Trent was on the lineup this particular year at Country Fair, and she drove from Tupelo, Mississippi. To see Trent. To see Trent Wilman. Harmon. Har- who? You tell me. Harmon. Harmon? Wilman? Harmon. Okay. It's Trent Harmon. Uh, you know, I think he played for 15 minutes. He had like a half a hit at the he, time. Well, he's not going to come to our show. Uh, well. Trent, will not, Trent will not be joining us. So uh, that's where I met Pam okay. when she made that long, long drive to Kicks Country Fair to, uh, to so see. So Pam's coming to Hawaii. Pam, you're in. Uh, Who else? No, no, uh, Carrot Top is coming. Carrot Top, the comedian? Yeah. Why? Entertainment with all those props and things. I thought it'd be great. Okay. Yeah. Um, Wow. Non-family, non-relatives. Who do you really, like, I'm, the way I look at this, this is, is like. This is okay. your question. But I mean, like, who do you want to party with? Can I party at this party? It's a New Year's party. Okay. Well, that changes everything. Hang on. Let me start over. Pam, you're out. <laughs> I mean, Carrot Top, probably. Number one. No, I would, um, you know what? Let's see. I would, uh, even though Pam, you said doesn't have to be artists, I would I would invite Eric Church. Oh, yeah, he'd be good. Um, who's great to party with, but yeah. but has also been a friend for a long, long time. And he could provide the music. He could provide the music. Um, and he's just a great storyteller. And um, who would you invite? I'll give you, I'll give you two slots, Don. Who would you invite? Oh, my gosh. I would invite um, Matthew McConaughey and his bongos. Is that code? Yes. His bongos? Yes. And I would invite uh, probably like Obama, President Obama, because I think he'd be fun. And he loves Hawaii. Do I have to be in Hawaii? Or can I be somewhere else? I thought you'd be in Hawaii for the party. We're not at the same party. Oh, we're not? We can't, I can't include you, and you can't include me. So my party oh, is on, in let me Rio. Oh, over then. I thought you were there like supervising shit. Like, no. Start at number one. So I'm in Rio, and I've got Matthew McConaughey, George Clooney. I don't know if I want President Obama in my party now. I don't He's know. He's not at mine. Okay. So who else, who else is yours? Let's see. I would, um, man, who would I invite to ring in New Year's. What about the woman you love on the on the chew, Carla? She can make all no, your no, food. That's very obscure. <laughs> okay. Okay. What's um, your party? I feel like I should say something like Martin Luther King Jr., but I don't. I don't want him. I feel like I need to say something like that. You know, like bring someone that. Well, I think that's why I was bringing Obama. But like I don't a really want him figure there. or some. You know, but I, I don't want Martin Luther King Jr. at my New Year party. I don't either. I don't want Obama at mine. Okay, we'll scratch him. I um, who's the big girl that we saw on um, <laughs> some TV show the other day? Hey, you've got to narrow that in. Well, she—I mean, the dress was—I mean, it was bolts of satin that were used to make okay. this dress. All right. Who was it? Is Cinnabon? What? What's, what's her name? She's very eloquent, and she's a big girl. She's who thick. are we talking C- about? <sighs> what show? I don't know. All right. Well, why do you want her at your party? Because she is fun. Big people are fun. Okay. <laughs> I'm a big I, person. I, I can say that. I hope you all have enjoyed the one and only <laughs> podcast that we will ever do together. Okay. Let all me, right. uh, you know what, Pam? Thank you. Great question. I think you need to think about that. Let me, yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll get yeah. back to it here at the, uh, the end of the mailbag. Okay. okay so yeah. Pam, it's great to hear, it's great to hear your voice. Thank you so much. So for far you have Eric Church. I have Eric Church. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll and Pam. Back around. And Pam, Pam, you're back in. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling here. Uh, let's get another call. We'll circle back to that in a minute. Hey, Caddy. It's Betsy Richards. I was just checking in on you. 
Can't wait to hear uh, the new show. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to hearing you again. Hope you have been well and your family. Hope you all had a good Christmas. Uh, if I had a question, I guess it would be, I'm kind of curious, um, all the artists that you helped promote and push through the country music scene for all those 20 years. I'm curious if any of those have reached out to you um, during this time. I know that a lot of those people were not just artists to you, but friends. So I'm kind of curious about if you have uh, had any support from any of them. So anyway, looking forward to hearing from you again, and uh, we'll hear you soon. Bye, friend. Thank you, Betsy. Let me check my missed calls today, because if there aren't any from today, the answer to your question, Betsy, is no. Well, that's not true. Mark Wills has reached out. Sure. Mark has. Mark's been a friend for a long, long time. He has. Um, Here's the thing. Artists have to be super, super careful with something that is this sensitive to not only my brand, but to Cumulus Media, to iHeartRadio's 94.9 The Bull. Well, let's, let's just break it down. They okay. have to be careful to their, their how much they're going to get played on the radio. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about this, about who reaches out and who doesn't. And I don't blame artists because I think um, – I also, I will also say, I think that a lot of them may not even realize yet that you're not there. Sometimes artists don't realize that radio people aren't there until they're on another radio sat tour. You know, if they're doing a tour or something and they have to come in and they're doing something with radio, I am sure they have gotten asked the question, where's Caddy? Where's Caddy like Jack? Because everyone knew you, you know, and loved you in, in the music industry. And I don't blame the artist because... I think that, you know, they have to, and a lot of them wouldn't know how to get in touch with you now. You know what I mean? A lot of them would only know how to get in touch with you through the radio or, you know, that way. And I'm sure if they called the station, they're not going to pass along your your information. I don't think so. But I do think that, and it's kind of an inside thing, again, to radio that a long time ago, artists could be, you know, I think about the days of like when you started with Mark Wills and, or even Big and Rich who are great friends of ours. But, you know, when you're kind of new to the game, you you don't realize that there are the rules that you have to follow. And you quickly learn from your record label or from your publicist or whoever that there's a certain set of rules that you have to follow. And so, for example, people may have not understood this. If, say, Kenny Chesney did a, an event or a concert for Kicks, then he would also have to do something for the bull. Mm-hmm. And in the good old days when there was only kicks and we were the only country station in town, that's why those, I think that's why those artist relationships grew so fast because they didn't have to worry about the competitive nature of it. They didn't have to. And that's, that really is just of it all is that they realize that if you show favoritism to a station or if you show favoritism to their, and we're going to get into this so much in uh, future episodes of the show about the politics of radio and yeah, about the politics of records, because there were, I was told so many times you can't talk about that. Right. And there was an article written, and I think it was Rodney Ho in the Atlanta journal constitution. And I appreciate Rodney giving us some ink yes. for my second act. But I think there was a line in there because people questioned me about it a couple of times in the article. It said basically that uh, now Cadillac Jack can, uh, talk negatively about country artists. Well, why would I ever do that? That's right. that's not what it is at all. What I was saying to Rodney in the call that we had was, you know what? I'll be able to share stories for the first time ever for whatever reason that I was told you can't talk about that. Well, why? Why can't I? Why can't I? That's great information. Why can't I talk about that? And so now those restrictions are gone and we can talk about anybody. In a positive light. If it's a negative story, so be it. But I'm not seeking out negative stories to talk negatively about country artists. No. They've been our bread and butter. They have been the biggest piece of my success, other than Donna, hmm. for 26 years. So I would never, never go after somebody. If it's a great, we have so many great stories to share about oh, artists so that I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to talk about that on Monday after hearing an artist tell me a story on Saturday. And I would have a program director say to me, well, you can't talk about that. Well, how come? That was a great story. Well, because there'd be an explanation to be a shoddy explanation for sure, but there would be an explanation as to why I couldn't tell the story. We're going to tell all kinds of stories here 
in, uh, you know, right now and in future episodes of the show. So again, to answer her question, we yes. gotta always get back to it. You, um, is that we, a lot of people didn't reach out, but I don't, I, I don't think it's personal. I don't fault I don't them for either. that. And I don't have a list, you know, people here, here's what I focused on are the people that did reach out. Absolutely. I didn't keep up with the people that didn't with the exception of two. Well, and I think for the most part, and I know for you and for for me, when I was reading through all of the comments after you were fired, you know, the people that meant the most to us were the listeners, because they would tell stories. And, and, I, and, I, and I've said this about you a lot, but it's very true that, you know, again, when you just look at the accomplishments of raising, you know, over $2 million during a, a certain period for children's health care, for St. Jude. Jude. And what I don't think people understood were all the things that you did offline, you know, where if someone needed something um, or, you know, needed someone to appear at something that would help maybe a, a police event or a, a birthday party or someone wanted someone to eat lunch with their son at school and, 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 and he, you were his favorite person. You know, and those were the stories that weren't necessarily shared on air. Um, and I call them kind of off air. And, and I think sometimes you were almost better off air. And I don't mean this to sound bad, but then you were on air because everything on air was so edited and it was so controlled and, um, and, and not by your choice, you know, just had to work into the station and how the image fit. And I think there were so many things that you did for so many people you know, offline and, and to read those stories because the people would write in after you were fired, you know, in, on social media or, or even emails or calls or texts, they would say, you know, I remember when, you know, you did this for my son or you did this for me or my daughter. And I, I just so appreciated it. So for me, and I, and I think for you as well, for our family, it's, it's the listeners who reached out and everyone did, you know, the, the artists are great and that's wonderful. But I've said this so many times that when you lost your job, it wasn't, oh, we're not going to have front row seats at Verizon anymore. We're not going to be able to go backstage. For you and I, and I know this because we've been together for so long, for 16 years, you know, I, that that wasn't, that wasn't what truly brought us happiness with your job. Um, those were great things. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's always great to go back and see an artist or, or, or have a great seat, um, maybe not be up on the lawn like we will be now. But the point of it is that it was it was to interact with the listeners in the way that having a platform could change someone's life, you know, and that you really could go to work every day and, and make someone's day a little better, you know. So those people that reached out, meant, I think for me, and I, no, I think for, for me, you me too, well. meant the most. Meant the most, absolutely. Betsy, it's great to hear from you. Betsy's out in Carrollton. Betsy Richards. Long time. She's an OG. She is an OG. Really, Betsy. God bless you. I love you. Thank you for calling. And um, let's do uh, let's do one more voicemail from the mailbag. Cadillac. Is there any hope for country music as we know it these days? In the aspect of Johnny Cash was the best ever. Is there any hope, or should I just give up? Help me out, Caddy. I don't think you ever give up, you know, music in general. And I do think more so with country music, we go through cycles. Absolutely. We go through cycles where um, you have a traditionalist, uh, you know, a cycle of traditionalists. Um, and then that goes out and, and, and the males get strong and then that goes out and then bro country comes in, bro country goes out. Then the, 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 the females come out strong and, um, I I think that the bro country thing disturbed a lot of people. Yes. And by bro country, what that means is the songs that incorporated a a rap. Is that fair? A rap element to them? Or, was it, was, it was kind of, it was outside. Think Little Nas X. Yes. Okay. The get up. Yes. Or was that Blanco Brown? Well, no, right. Lil Nas was Bill Ray Cyrus. Yes, it was yeah. Bill Ray Cyrus. Old well, Town Road. I even think like 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 Florida Georgia Line. Originally, people kind of wrote them off as being sort of a gimmick, you know. But I also think you have to give artists an opportunity to evolve, and I think they have. They're a great example of a duo who has kind of evolved and is putting out really good music. I think more it, the Bro Country. It was also just this music that didn't seem like it had any thought to it. 
you know, that they were just pumping music out. It was almost like a factory. Like you think of the boy bands, you know, and like it was this factory where they were just pumping hits and music out. And I mean, but there is, there are some shining stars. There's Chris Stapleton, there's, you know, and there's a lot of artists who are doing it, doing it their own way, you know, that are, people are finding music a lot of different avenues. I think that'd be a great topic for another show is how music gets played on the radio. Because mm. I don't think people understand that. I think that they think that you get to pick who you, you know, who you play, artists that you want to listen to. And that's not necessarily the case. No, I always said, I don't pick them, I just play them. And you would walk in every morning and, and, and there would be a computer screen in front of you that would show you every record, every song that you're going to play. And a lot of repetition. A lot of repetition, but you're right. We need to spend a lot of time on this because it is very interesting and we're going to, we're not going to sugarcoat it at all because most of it is very political. It is political in the music industry. Absolutely. Who gets played? How, when the awards, the awards, the CMA awards, how, you know, how that those are determined. And and so I think there's a great hope for music, but I think where it's going to come from is not necessarily from radio. You know, I think in the past, like when you first started radio broke hits, radio broke music. Radio broke artists. And artists don't need radio anymore. They don't need it anymore, unfortunately. And that's a tough thing to say for someone who's been in the industry for their entire, you know, career and their whole livelihood was based off of it. But it is true. It people are finding music through the internet, through different sources, through social media. Luke Combs is a great listen, he's a great example of that. And he is kind of the new I want great him at my party. In my New Year's he party. should come to your New Year's okay. party for sure. All right. Number three is Luke Combs. Luke Combs. Right. But people interrupt. found him through social media. You know, all of his fans really found him, and they're the ones who would tell the record label which singles to release, you know, what they wanted to hear. And I, so I think there are some really good artists. I just think that as a consumer, you almost have to pick through to find them. If you're looking for radio to find them for you, by the time radio gets a hold of them, they've kind of already hit, hit you know. So, and ra- are on the back nine. Yeah, radio has not been great in the last 10 years in staying in the forefront of music. And developing artists. Exactly. Because consumers and fans are finding artists in so many other places. And we joke a lot about, and are big fans of Lizzo. Yes. L-I-Z-Z-O. Lizzo was just named AP, Associated Press, Entertainer of the Year for last year, 2019. Lizzo, her music that you're singing along to now, that your kids are singing in the back seat, give us a couple of hooks here, Don. I throw my hands back. Check, Check my, my nails. Name. Baby, how, how you doing? Do? Sing it. Good as hell. Okay. And the other one is... Um, Truth the, Hurts. Okay, give we us a need, hook. Well, let's have Hans do that. Huh? Hans, yeah, give us a hook. Truth Hurts for Lizzo. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> but Lizzo suddenly is a star, and it's not because of a record label. That's it's right. because of kids went back and discovered her music on YouTube. TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. TikTok is breaking. And I would say right now, TikTok is breaking a ton of artists. But I think, you know what, the, the traditional artists, like what, what he's talking about, like Johnny Cash and those, I think there, there will be, time will tell, there will be some artists who, you know, have that kind of a career, maybe not that exact same career, but there is a lot of good music out there. I, I don't think that you can throw everything in country out, but I think country radio controls what you hear on, you know, how you hear it, what you hear and how often you hear it. So I, I don't think he should give up on anything, but I think you have to go kind of find your own, your own music. And there's so many places to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't give up. Never give up hope. If you have a question, you got something we want to talk about. If you, if you have a suggestion as to someone I should add to my New Year's Eve 2021 Seriously. party guest list, you can do that. You can reach out to us, leave a voicemail. You can also text this number. Give it to you twice, 770-464-6024, 770-464-6024. I, I, I'm sure it spells something, and we'll figure that out. I mean, don't you want any hot women at your party, like your New Year's Eve party? Like you're in Hawaii, like bikinis, bathing suits. Like, I mean, who who's on your list here? You got Eric Church. Lizzo. Li- oh, okay. <laughs> Lizzo. All right. I love Lizzo. I do too. Okay. I do too. Don't worry about my list, Don. All right. You work on your own list. Okay. All right. 
as Don said earlier, we'll have these discussions as we continue because they are kind of, you know, there, there are a lot of different legs to conversations like what happened. There'll be things that just happen, you know, to, to, to pop up. It was a very difficult and challenging time in our lives as a family, in our lives as individuals, personalities and, and people. Um, and, and so many have said to us, when, why and how did the two of you get together? And it's not like physically. People want to know Donna how this the, the podcast thing came about. And it was a conversation. The seed was actually planted about 10 years ago. Yeah. So, and, and the thing about it is we have three children. We're going to tell you all about this. You'll know all about them and you know about them from listening. But we have a 20-year-old son, Will. We have a 16-year-old daughter, Olivia. And we have a 13-year-old daughter, Charlotte. And so 10 years ago, when... Dean Hallam, who was the program director at Kix, came to us and said, I'd like for you guys to do some test shows and see, you know, if, if that would work or, or how that would sound. At the time, Will was 10, Olivia was six, and Charlotte was three. And they were in three different schools. And you were working. I was working. And, I, and there were three. So we had three kids in three different schools. And anybody who's ever had three in two kids. two different school systems. Two totally different school systems. So... We could not fathom how we would find someone who would come to our house at 3.45 in the morning and watch our kids so that we could do a morning radio show. So we've always kind of had it in the back of our mind. And it's come up since then. It has. On a couple of occasions. A couple of occasions. But it never happened until yeah. now. And I'm excited about it because no one can keep me in line and check me better than my wife, Donna, who has seen and heard it all. Yes. Through the years. What's your theme song? Hard to love. From Lee Bryce? Yes, hard to love. Hard to love. Give us a little bit of it, Don. No, I'm not going to do that. I've already. <laughs> Hans, give us a little Lee Bryce. Hard to love. Come on. <laughs> I've already put myself out there. Other I'm questions. We, uh, we get quite a bit. Roscoe. How's Roscoe? Roscoe is one of our two count uh, uh, coon hounds, hound dogs. And about a year ago, March, I ran over him in my 5,000 pound pickup truck. Twice. Twice. Well, I went over him and didn't know what had happened. And then. I didn't know if he was on the back side of my tire or the front side of my tire. And so I had a 50-50 shot. And turns out he was on the back side of my tire. So when I put it in reverse, I ran back over him. But it was very a very difficult period for the family and for the kids especially. Um, and, and you were on kicks at the time. And the listeners really rallied around Roscoe. And they would come up with these hashtags like, pray for Roscoe. Roscoe's strong. And he really should not have lived. And he came back. And he's better than ever. He, he doesn't have a tail. No. That's the only thing missing. But he is as strong as ever. He still gets in trouble, though. He definitely and gets in trouble. about a month and a half, two months ago, it was a Sunday morning. And we would hear Roscoe, a very faint Roscoe. Uh, like a muffled Foghorn, leghorn. He's a, he's a hound dog. So you would hear it very muffled. And we were both like, it's 8 o'clock in the morning. Where's that coming from? You know, And we did some research walking around because we were worried about him. And he was, uh, he was stuck under our deck. Yes. In the backyard. And, and he has gained some weight, I will say. Since he's gotten healthy again, he's gained some weight. So he, I think he was chasing something and went under the porch. And couldn't get out. And couldn't get out. And so for three hours, we tried everything. And we called everybody wanting advice, like a critter, lot, control. A critter control people. And they were like, you need to. Put him down. Somebody, no, that was on Reddit. Oh. There was a thread about that <laughs> on Reddit. And so just put him down. Just put, put your animal down. Yeah, it's you just know. not worth it. Uh, the, the critter people were like, you need to re just tear your deck up. What? Yes. I mean, I don't even have a flathead screwdriver. Seriously. In my tool purse. And you want me to tear up my deck? It's just not going to happen. No. And this entire time, the clock's ticking. It's cold. It was freezing. And Roscoe is on the ground underneath the deck. He can't move. And so- We couldn't see him. We didn't know if he was hurt again. And you know, we, we have joked about the fact that if you have ever had an animal that's had to go to an emergency vet or the emergency vet in Atlanta- it's outrageously expensive. So we always joke with all of our animals. We're like, listen, Roscoe yeah, took kitty, all the yeah. money. The he, took the, is, he took the animal kitty. kitty so. yeah, the, the emergency animal care kitty is yeah. non-existent. Whatever right. happens to another. And we're kidding, of course. We if love you, well, we're not. Well, I mean, if you can't fix it on your own, then you're not going to get fixed. Oh, I right. think we have a dog with cancer right now. We don't know it. And we don't okay. want to. Well, come on. We don't want to take him to the vet because we're scared of what we're going to learn. But we can't afford chemo for Sally, who is our elder hound dog right now. Okay. I don't think she has cancer, but let's She has something. Not. We've talked about, come on, Don. We talked about this. And we nobody loves animals more than we do. We have five. We have as many people in our house as we do animals. But so to get Roscoe out of the day, I called a friend of mine, uh, Officer Phil Ritchie with the Alfreda Police Department. And I said, listen, Ritchie, what do I do? 
And he said, you know, call the non-emergency line in Alpharetta. The least they can say is no, or it would have been Milton. Uh, call the non-emergency number. The least they can, you know, the, all they're going to do is we're say busy. no. Yeah, yeah we're we can't. We're, we're not any longer in the animal recovery business. But they said yes, and they came out. And it was about uh, three gentlemen on one of the Milton engines that came out, and it was a big fire engine on a Sunday morning that parked in our cul-de-sac, which rattled every night. You know, listen, you know how it happens. If there's a police car in your cul-de-sac and you live in a neighborhood. Robin's calling. Donna? <laughs> we'll just check it out, make sure everything's okay. Robin Henry, our neighbor. Is who It has been our neighbor. For She and Brian years. and Noah's here for, for years and years and years. But She's so checking Milton, in. So uh, fire comes out, and they ask for a hot dog. And I get a hot dog out of the fridge, and I take it out to the, the gentleman. And I'll be damned if Roscoe doesn't come out within a minute for this man. Yeah. We we worked on I got Will, our 20-year-old son, out of bed because he does HVAC and is crawling under decks every day, three or four times a day. And I said, son, I need you. I need you to come out here and help get your dog out from underneath the deck. And Will crawled so far into the deck, you couldn't even see his feet. I know. I was worried about him. And then Roscoe wouldn't come out. But within a minute, this... Firefighter with Milton Fire was able to, with a dang hot dog, with a, a Hebrew national hot dog, was able to coax Roscoe out from underneath the deck. And then. But I think uh, he was he was also an animal expert. So well, I he think- was, but Roscoe has some scars from when I ran over him oh, with a truck. Yes. And Donna loves to throw me under the bus at, yes. at every opportunity, including with the Milton Fire Department when they were at the house retrieving Roscoe from under the deck. Yeah. So, they, so when they pulled Roscoe out, they said, Oh my gosh, he's so scarred up and his what happened to his tail and he's got all these scars. And I said, No, 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 that's not from today. That's yeah. from when he ran over him. Twice. And they, they just had this look of horror. Yes. They look at you, they judge you. Yeah. People judge you when you run over your animal. When you run over your animal. But we found out that that happens all the time. Yes. In Atlanta, right now, we are mid sea with Shinyun. Shinyun is something that you cannot escape. Shinyun is 5,000 years of civilization reborn. Is it? Shinyun is a Chinese dance troupe that travels. There are actually five different troops that travel around the country and the world, for that matter, anytime. It's kind of like Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift has two different stages and productions. While one is setting up in the next city on the tour, the other is where she is currently that night. Well, let me tell you something. Taylor Swift needs the Shin Yun marketing, marketing machine. No kidding. Because that's what we're we're fascinated by so much of this. And full disclosure, I have seen Shin Yun. I saw it last year. But what we're fascinated about is the fact that I was at Brooklyn Joe's the other day. And they have five Shin Yun posters <laughs> in their window. I don't even know if they know they have five Shin Yun posters in their windows. I mean, how... Do they get a poster into every store, everything, every restaurant? I mean, nail salon, nail salon, everywhere, subway. Yes, they're the subway up by the UPS store, right in Publix, right beside Publix. They're everywhere, and we we are fascinated as marketing people. We're interested in this, and now I think like Shinyan's almost become a word. Well, it has. Like I'm going to go because, like I'm going to go Shinyan my to do list because like you just want to. Send people out into the world the way they do to do all this stuff for you. But then there's the actual Shinyun, the show. And it's not quite what they, they say it is. Well, you went last year. You well, took, took Olivia. Olivia. Took Olivia. I went with my niece, Ava, and I took and my sister, Annette. And so I, I am very afraid of talking about this because I'm afraid I will take a, like, I don't want to. Be, I don't want to be taken down by the communist. Like I a dart to the throat. Yes, seriously, to my neck in baggage claim at Hartsfield. That was North Korea's Kim Jong Un. His sister. Right, but that this 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 is the conversation we had last night. Is it politically correct? What did, can I say? Chinese people. Okay, I'm just gonna throw it out there. I'm serious, and and that's what's beautiful about podcasting is. Yes, well... It, I don't know. Do Are they Asian people? No, it's Chinese history. So, but, but here's the thing. But it, do you call them Chinese people or are they Asian? They're, they're Chinese. Okay. I don't know. Hans would know. Ask Hans. <laughs> I... I okay. It's not Cirque. Here's the thing. That's That was the biggest thing. You go and you think that 
Because, like, I've seen, like, the Chinese acrobats, like, in, um, they have them at Dollywood. They have them at, they do. They have them, um, I can't even remember where else. But at any rate, they are, like, spinning plates. And it's, like, almost like Cirque-type acrobatics. Mm -hmm. That was not what this was. This was, it was, first of all, you couldn't understand anything. So the words were on a screen behind where the traditional Chinese dancing was supposed to be going on. And it wasn't. It was... Films of people running from hydrogen bombs, getting in bunkers, having their organs harvested, and um, like homophobia. I mean, it was crazy. But it w- but there it, after the second probably a little performance, everyone in the theater starts kind of looking at each other. And it's just not what you think it is. And so I'd be interested. Like we, we need someone to call our phone line that's been to Shenyan to see if their experience was the same because on all the commercials and this mass marketing they do. Which we're right in the middle of it right now. We're halfway through the Atlanta run right now. So the Cobb Energy Performing Arts Center. Yes, which is a lovely venue. But it seems so happy and like, oh, you're going to go and see them do traditional dances. And that's not it at all. Squats and thrusts. No, there's none of that. There is none of that. None of that. There are people running from like, I mean, it's like war and again, like bombing. And it's, it's very interesting to me. So, you did some research on this, and it turns out that they're like kind of seen as a cult a little bit, right? There's a great article that was published March of last year, 2019, in the New Yorker. Uh, the New Yorker. It's called "Stepping into the Uncanny and Settling World of Shenyun." I want to read this one paragraph, very short paragraph, Donna, and then I want you to um, to say what you think about it, and if indeed this was the case last year, anyway. A man came on stage to sing a song in Chinese which was translated on the screen behind him. We followed Daffa the great way he began, singing about a creator who saved mankind and made the world anew. Atheism and evolution are deadly issues. Modern trends destroy what makes us human. That's pretty deep. That's that's, deep. That's, there's a lot there in, in four sentences. I just and so it's that. almost like, is it, would you agree that it's subliminal in the way that it's, I mean, I guess in that particular paragraph, I mean, they just laid it out there, but in, during the show, is it, it, do they work it in slowly? Because I didn't go when you went last no, year. No, I mean, it's, it's definitely in every, every performance there is, I don't know that it's subliminal. I mean, they put the words on the, like I said, you can't really understand it. So I think a lot of times you're clapping along, but you don't know that you're clapping along to like what you're clapping along to. I mean, I don't know. Propaganda. Propaganda. Absolutely. Propaganda. But it just made like it, it kind of made me mad because like Olivia turned to me at one point and she's like, when are they going to start like, you know, spinning, spinning the plates and dancing on the balls and stuff. And like it just never happened. It never came to fruition. What was the in the lobby at uh, CPAC before the performance last year that you went to? Tell me about the crowd. Who, who's in the crowd? For, for Is it people that are curious? Is it people that got comp tickets from a radio station? Probably. I mean, there's some there was a lot of older people. There were a lot of. Um, Chinese. There were people in like weird kind of ball pageant gowns and like tiaras on. Traditional dress? Maybe. And it was just very, uh, very eclectic crowd. It took us uh, probably an hour to get through security. And now I know why. I mean, I thought it was strange at the time. They were so obsessed with security and checking your bag and patting you down. But it was uh, now after seeing the show, it was. You understand why? I understand why. Yeah. So I just, I'm not telling you not to go, but we're just fascinated by the whole thing. Well, the whole, the the show, but more so for me, it's the marketing blitz. They come into your city six months before showtime. So think about it. You have seen these posters now. There's not, if you have not heard Shenyun and you're listening right now in Atlanta, Georgia, if you've not heard the word Shenyun or seen it somewhere in the past six months, you need to get out a little more Yeah, because you you simply cannot escape it. So six months prior to the show, uh, here in Atlanta, we'll think Labor Day. All of these people, I would imagine these Chinese people, just what? Well, could be they infiltrate the city and they tack up their posters everywhere. Do they go in and ask the business owner? Oh, I don't think so. You I think, think they, they do, just put them up? I think they do them in the middle of the night. It's like guerrilla marketing. It's That's what I'm saying. It's guerrilla marketing at its finest. Like, I don't even think people know that these posters are hanging in their stores, but you cannot get away from it. You cannot get away from it. So... It's billboards. It's television. I mean, you have seen these TV ads if you're in Atlanta listening right Cultural now. Cultural phenomenon. You 5,000 years of civilization reborn. You have seen these commercials since Labor Day. Television, billboards, busboards, um, 
I think what's fascinating for me, it's like the ultimate, like not what it was advertised to be, you know, like you, you go to something and, and something like you go to performance and it may not be as good as you thought it was going to be, but this was totally different than how they market it to be. So tread lightly with the Shen Yun. And if you've been, let us know, what was your, what was your take on it? In 2016, they reported more than $75 million in assets and more than $22 million in revenue. Where is their business plan? Because it's working. Agree? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Travel with an orchestra that incorporates Chinese instruments. Each troupe includes about 80 people. The tour in 2020 will appear in 96 American cities. That's more than Taylor Swift. 96. Tiffany Haddish, one of my favorite comedians right now. And I, I love comedy and I love comedy specials. In her new Netflix or her latest Netflix comedy special, she she jokes about Shin Yun. She and wants to I, join Shin Yun. She, she was not concerned about getting hit in the, the throat by or the neck by a, you know, a blow dart at, at baggage. Because she talks quite a bit about it and you know, she travels a bit doing her stand-up. And she was talking about how it you just cannot when it's Shinyun season. It's almost like there's there's winter, there's spring, there's summer, there's fall, and there's Shinyun. There's Shinyun, yeah. And so she travels all the time as a, a comedian doing stand-up and and she sees this all the time in every city that she goes she to. She can't escape it. And she talks about it in, in the the her latest Netflix comedy special that you cannot escape Shinyun and, and it's about over for Atlanta. We're about halfway and maybe, I think we're halfway through the run right now. And maybe you can't escape. Okay, Donna. I'm telling you. Goodness gracious. If you want to uh, leave us a message, tell us your experience with Shin Yun. <laughs> or just um, if, you, if you live to tell about it. Yes. Um, or if you you know have a question or a comment or anything, 770-464-6024. 770-464-6024. That's also all over our social media, the phone number. You can text it. You can leave voicemail, social media, and, and websites and uh, everywhere that you have. The first guest... On Cadillac Jack, my second act, you saw earlier on the Today Show. Wow, we're big time. I'm telling you, I'm booking some. I'm booking some people. You're, yeah, Donna, you're big. Yeah, you, you've been giving me hell about not having a job. Not when are you going to get a job? You know, man, it started like a week after I got fired. You're big time. When are you going to get a job? He was on the Today Show with Willard Scott in a Smucker's Jelly Jam commercial, and it's Mr. Alro oh. who turns 100 years old. Mr. Alro is, this is going to sound crazy. He is your mother's boyfriend. Correct. Nana, as the, 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 our kids, Nana's grandkids. That's right. And Nana's, so, so Nana's 88 and Al is 100, 100 today. And would beat me in a 30 yard dash right now. Yes. Anywhere. Uh, in, in the parking lot of Bridgemont Assisted Living in Milton, Georgia, he would beat me in a 30 yard dash right now. I cannot say enough about Mr. Alro and what he has brought in his 100 years on earth to military service, to being an absolute gentleman. Nana and Mr. Al met at church about 15 years ago. 15 years ago. So my dad passed away and my mom and his wife passed away. They both had only been married one time, you know, before. And his wife passed away and my father passed away and they started going to Smyrna First Methodist Church together. They were going separately, but they met literally in a Bible study um, class. And... I remember when they first kind of started going out, you know, mom would say, me and me and Mr. Al are going to go up to the Dairy Queen in Smyrna and get a banana split. And so I'm like, oh, that's nice. And because my mom had really never dated anyone since since, since my dad passed away. And we started to hear Al's name more and more. And I think as a child of, of someone who when when you're parent has only been married to one person and has never really dated, you're kind of skeptical at first, like. You know, you, you almost don't believe it's going to be what it is. And he is one of a kind because he he's even stepped in like with our kids to be, you know, we have your father who's a great grandfather, but um, my kids never had, you know, had never even had the opportunity to meet my dad. So he really stepped in and, but he knows his place. You know, he's, he's Mr. Al. He's not their grandfather, but he's Mr. Al. But He's come to softball games. He's come to band concerts. He's come to, um, you know, uh, graduations. 
he has been such a part of our family and he's so good for my mom, but they're so good for each other. And I learned something like watching them, you know, I learned something with our relationship, just watching them interact together and, you know, how kind they are to each other and how much they care about each other. And I think when people get to be a certain age, their lives get kind of small. You know, we go visit them over at the assisted living they place. They share an apartment. They share an apartment. And, you know, they watch a lot of TV and they love the Braves. Love the Falcons. Regardless. Love the Falcons. Yeah, no matter what's happening. And But they, you know, what's great is that even though their lives could probably be more exciting, they just love being together. They love hanging out together. It's very cute. And, and they have like little matching Braves pajamas. outfits, matching pajamas. I mean, they're just adorable because old people are adorable anyway. You, you, you hear a lot about, you know, I know that in the, I can have a reference in the country music world. Thomas Rhett and his wife. Laura. Yeah. Everybody says, hashtag relationship goals. Thomas Rhett and Lauren have nothing on Mr. Al and Nana. And while I knew that it was a love that was almost indescribable. We saw it firsthand, or I saw it firsthand, very recently when Mr. Al was hospitalized here at Wells Southern with Fulton. And they had been separated for maybe two days at this time. And we we had gone to visit with Mr. Al in the hospital. So we always go, and like when they're not together, we'll show up at one of them's place and FaceTime. So And they're rarely not ever, it's always one of them in the hospital. Yeah. Actually, so we were with my mom. We were FaceTiming because she doesn't have a phone. So we were FaceTiming Al, who was in the hospital. And we had gone to see Al before and said, hey, make sure you have your phone on. We're going to FaceTime. And he was like, I can't wait. I want to see I want to see Harriet. And so when we got to my mom's place, we FaceTimed Al. And then they started talking. And we got to But you got to, to see. Him. You got to see the way that Mr. Al spoke to your mother, spoke to Nana. And it was, I miss you so much. Oh, so sweet. I don't do well at night. I miss you. holding your hand. I miss hold- I mean, you just, we were sitting there and it's just like. I was almost embarrassed. Like I almost had to walk out for a minute because I'm thinking, is it going to get like. Racy. Well, really? I, I've wondered about that before. Okay. But don't. Oh. Don't wonder. <laughs> let's, let's take that off your list. Okay. Because I don't want it on my list. But they, they do like, he wasn't, neither one of them were feeling well. And he was trying to like make her feel better. Like, oh, be positive. It'll be okay. And he's the one in the hospital. And he's the one in the hospital. It was so sweet. Earlier this week, I went to um, visit with Mr. Al and Nana at Bridgemont, the assisted living home in Milton, right across from the Target on Highway 9, and uh, spent a little time with him. And uh, here is just a piece of our conversation. Is there anything that Al Rowe wishes, a 100-year-old Al Rowe wishes that a 25-year-old Al Rowe knew? Is there anything? Today? Yeah. Well, you know... uh I think about that a lot, too. But uh, the best thing is, is good education in this country, and it's here for everybody. And anybody that doesn't get it, it's their own fault. And uh, you can get any kind of loan you want. You can go work for it, or your mom and dad can pay for it. But I think I would be, i like to be a uh, engineer. And I want to be a civil engineer and build roads. Because I think we've got more cars than we've got roads. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and not enough room for all of them. And I think that's probably the real coming in this country, people that can build roads and put them in buildings in the sky and make them stay. Uh, although... You know, this is a good time. Uh, I remember that in 1920, I always start off just between you and I. That they say, who are you? I say, well, my name is Al Rowe. I was born in Chattanooga, Tennessee in 1920 on the banks of the, on the, banks of the Tennessee River in a wigwam. <laughs> that's, that's a true story. Yeah. And everybody wants to know what that is. A wigwam? Yeah. We explained it. What is a wigwam? Well, a wigwam is, is their house. It's like a tent. And uh, only a bigger than a teepee and that kind of stuff. And it's for Indians. And I, way, way, way back somewhere, uh, we, we somehow 
got associated with the uh, Cherokee, not the Cherokee. Uh, which one is it in this, up in North Carolina? Cherokee. That's him. Yeah. We got we got somehow in the Cherokee in in, in our blood somewhere. And uh, I don't know where. I never did write it down anywhere. Do you get do you get a check? Do you get a check from the Eastern Band of the Cherokee Indians? I don't think I had a big enough of <laughs> <laughs> relationship for them. You know if you did. Yeah. <laughs> what is the what is the secret to true love, Mr. Al? What is the secret to true love? Honesty. Honesty. If if the person you know and that you like, and you have full honesty, regardless, the belief is there, and the, any other bad parts or anything that might open never opens up. Honesty, you believe just what they tell you, and they believe what you tell them. And that is the best thing that I know that you can be, is to be honest with all your associates, as well as your wife and all your kids. Be honest with them. When this podcast hits on January 7th, it is Al's 100th birthday. It's amazing. An unbelievable man with so many stories to share. At family gatherings, at restaurants, or when we go out for holiday meals to restaurants, or when we're just, when we're all together at someone's home, I always sit next to Mr. Al. Because he's so funny. One just has the best story. He has a very unique take on life. He can talk about anything. Think about living for 100 years and what you see and what you experience. And Al can talk about that. He is one of few. He was born in 1920. Yes. 1920. He's seen it all. And, and he's so, he, you know, as he said in the piece, he loves hanging out with young people. He doesn't like to hang out with old people. He likes to hang out with young people because they keep him young. And he, even when he's around like our kids or his other grandchildren, he knows how to use his iPhone. He, you know, he, he can text. He can text. He texts me. He, you know, it's amazing the things that, and not that you stop ever learning, but you would think at a hundred years old, I mean, I have trouble. I, we have to have our kids help us do certain things on our mm-hmm. iPhone. And he is... So with it and so amazing. So we just salute him today on his 100th birthday. And there's a luncheon today at Bridgemont with all the residents. Then there's a family and friends party at Cinco at uh, Vickery Village coming up in about uh, a week or so. But uh, truly, an, the gentleman, he's a gentleman. He is uh, He's uh, uh, beyond words. Mr. Al Rowe, we love you and happy birthday today. All right. So how are you doing? I'm good. How are, are you? Do you not feel better that the kids are back in school? I was so and that life ready for them is to get back to, to not back to quite yet, but we're getting back to a sense of normalcy because it's kind of like that week between New Year's and uh, Christmas and New Year's. You don't know what day of the week it is. You don't no know, idea. and and so we're 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 moving beyond and pushing beyond all of that. But we joke that if a there are times during uh, oh, yeah. breaks from school. I'll go to the bus yard. I'll f- I will go over to Maxwell Road, and I fire will fire up a Fulton County school bus. I'll I'll hotwire one. I will. I'll get in there and just fire it up and take it down my street, honking the horn, and and then I'll run back inside and be like, Olivia, it's time to get on the bus. Time to go. You have to have. I mean, you don't know. Like you said, you don't know what day it is. They're padding around in pajamas all day. They're eating, eating and cooking oh all day. Donna called a family meeting. The other night, and often I don't even know what they're about. I'm like one of the kids. It's just like, okay, we're, there's a meeting after dinner. And we were down to three forks. Three Three forks. forks. Do you know that I ate my dinner with like a, the, like a large meat fork? Like, like a Pee Wee Herman type yes. fork. And then somebody else, I think Charlotte, had a plastic fork. And you would say, Where well, the forks what happened to your forks? I will guarantee you if I do a room search later this week, they are in drawers up there. Because they eat. It's like... They cook meals. They cook whole meals and like take them. Yes, home. and take them the up rooms. to their rooms, and they're eating, and they're it's it's insane. And they come down. This is my favorite one. When they come down, Livy does this all the time. They come down at like three o'clock, and and they'll be padding around, and you're like, well, what are you doing? I'm making lunch at three o'clock. The rule should be if you sleep through breakfast, breakfast you don't is get done. Breakfast. This is not like all day service, like Waffle House. You know what I mean? Like if you sleep through breakfast, you've moved on to lunch. If you sleep through lunch. Then you moved on to dinner. So you only get one meal a day. That's just the way it works. 
We're running a tight ship from now on. But we love them all. All of them. Will, Olivia, and Charlotte, who've been very supportive. Absolutely. With Daddy being out of work. Um, <laughs> Olivia, a 16-year-old, said to me one day, Daddy, I have more money than you do. He's like, yes, you do, sweetheart. You do. Yeah. You do. Daddy might have to ask you for a loan. Well, and they do ask. Like now, after the, they understood that for three months you couldn't work. But yeah. then like <laughs> the fourth month, they, they started to ask, like, is Dad ever going to go back to work? Will he ever have a job again? I love you. <laughs> all right. Three things you can do for us. Thank you for being here, first of all, for the first of what will be many uh, well, we episodes hope. of, just assume this hilltop, episodes of uh, the show, Cadillac Jack, my second act. Three things that we ask of you. Hit the subscribe button so you won't miss anything coming up. And you may like be hearing Kenny Chesney ticket giveaways right now on terrestrial radio. I have my own stack, Kenny Chesney tickets. So we're going to be yeah. giving away in our own way on Cadillac Jack, my second act, the podcast and on social media, different ways like that. Okay. Number two, you can rate, make sure you do rate and leave us a five star review for the pod. That's how we, we um, get our way, work our way up on Apple and other platforms. So it's really important to rate and leave us a five star review. If you don't have a five star review, just keep it to yourself. How about that? Is that bad? No, not at all. Uh, number three, show our sponsors some love. Yeah. Make sure that any, you know, the, what allows us to keep doing this is our sponsors. So um, please visit them, shop with them, patronize them, thank them, thank them, show them lots of love. We appreciate them. My apologies to Ben Burnett. We ran out of time, Donna. You can check out his podcast, The Ben Burnett Show, and we'll try to rebook him soon on Cadillac Jack, my second act, part of the Appen Podcast Network. <laughs>